You're listening to Fly By Night, a podcast by FedEx Pilots for FedEx Pilots. Brought to you by the FedEx Master Executive Council of the Airline Pilots Association. And now, here's your host, MEC Communications Chair, Captain Chris Lee. Welcome to our TA podcast series. Each podcast episode will begin with Negotiating Committee Chair, Captain Pat May's overview of the process on how the opener goals were established and how we got to where we are now. After that, each podcast will then focus on one section of the TA. Pat, talk to the pilots about this process and how we got to where we are now. Yeah, Chris, what's important for the pilots to understand as we present the information to them throughout these podcasts and other items of education is how we got here. The openers were developed by the MEC in conjunction and coordination with the negotiating committee, but we didn't pull these items out of thin air. They came and were driven by direct pilot input. So this is a pilot-driven contract from beginning to end. First and foremost of those pieces of information were the pilot surveys. We have surveyed the pilots continuously since beginning in 2019. Every six to eight months, those pilot surveys have been statistically significant, and it's informed the MEC on what the openers were and what level of focus our pilots wanted to have. Not only was it surveys, though, we also relied heavily on pilot DART reports, direct emails to contract enforcement, actual contract enforcement cases, grievances, subject matter expert input from our key committees. And finally, the MEC took all this information and we stepped through a very systematic process to highlight and identify the openers for negotiation. So this has been pilot-driven from beginning to end. And that's what informed us on the openers and also established the goals that are laid out in the opener. Thanks, Pat. In this episode of our TA podcast series, we're going to focus on Section 5, Traveling Expenses. And joining Pat today is Negotiating Committee member, Captain Rich Brown. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Chris. The company didn't open Section 5. We did. What are the issues that you were trying to address with Section 5? The broad overview here, Chris, in Section 5, it was a hot topic for our pilots in the MEC, as identified by surveys and numerous reports to the contract enforcement. The largest concerns centered around the pilots' negative and varied experience with the Fox Expense Report System and payroll deductions while our pilots were out there moving freight. And while the company has requirements with respect to receipts and IRS reporting, we were able to work out a way through those issues so that the pilots are no longer bearing the complete burden of the hotel folios. One of the largest issues, as I just mentioned, was the requirement to submit a hotel folio at company-identified hotels. And these hotels were non-contract hotels typically. And those required the hotel receipt and folio. And at the end of the day, whether there was a problem with the receipt or a missing receipt, the pilots were being deducted for really laying over in a hotel that was scheduled for them. We felt that that was unconscionable, that that was happening and occurring. In fact, in some cases, it equated to thousands of dollars worth of payroll deductions for our pilots. So it was an item that we really concentrated on finding a solution to, and the company had some process challenges that they needed to work through. And ultimately, we did get through that issue. But we had numerous other goals along with the Fox Expense Report fix. Yeah, that issue with the non-contract hotels also brought out another issue for us in that there was multiple issues with hotels during the COVID crisis. 
and the, the quality of those hotels and the services that they provided for our pilots. So that was kind of a big emphasis item from our pilots as well to fix that hotel selection system and kind of have a little bit more control over where we're staying on the road. In the opener, the MEC identified specific goals in Section 5. Can you talk about those goals? Yeah, sure can, Chris. Overall, the MEC identified five specific goals. The first of those was to increase the per diem. The second was simplify the non-contract hotel expense reimbursement procedure. The third was to provide a hotel in-base during the sub-window at the pilot's election. The fourth was to provide a hotel for a new hire during training, and the last of those was to improve the hotel selection process. Well, you mentioned the largest issue was pilots getting payroll deducted for expenses incurred while on a company trip. How did y'all address that? Chris, first let me tell you, it took a lot of effort back and forth, numerous passes for us to solve this issue. The company had some long-held concerns and some of it had to do with their own reporting requirements and Fox Expense Report System that's set up today. We work through all those issues. Ultimately, what it does is it removes the responsibility for the pilot to provide a receipt and or folio when they stay at a non-contract hotel. The company will provide the pilot with a method to meet that requirement without having to submit a receipt or folio for the non-contract hotel when you complete your expense report. While we're on the topic of expense reports, is there anything new on discrepancies and notifications in general? Yeah, Chris, we were able to accomplish something on that front. To start with, the same as today, a pilot's going to receive a notification that the submission's been received and that there is a deadline on the receipts. And in addition to this, the company will notify the pilot twice of any discrepancies, at least uh, seven days apart. And that notification will specifically identify the missing or incomplete receipt, the dollar amount, and the deadline for that submission again. And then the final uh, thing that we were able to add is, after all of those warnings, you'll be given a notification of an impending payroll deduction. And you will have 14 days after that notification to remedy the discrepancy, regardless of what the receipt or report deadlines were. So if if there was a delay in them processing your expense report and you didn't get the notification until after it closed, you would still have 14 days to remedy that situation and prevent the payroll deduction. And part of that, Chris, was the discussion about the challenges on the hotel and folio requirements. The discussion grew in general about deficiencies with the Fox expense report system, and we looked at some causal implications. Some of those happened to be notifications that the pilots weren't actually receiving timely notifications or the notification occurred after a payroll deduction. So we actually, even though it wasn't in the opener, we expanded on the hotel folio issue and we, you know, corrected with the language, the actual report, as Rich mentioned, the the specific notice in the report will identify the specific receipt in the missing receipt rather than just a general notice that it's incomplete. We've had a lot of uh, inputs from pilots on the fact that they have an expense report with uh, numerous uh, receipts required and they get a, a notification and they have no idea what's missing or how to get that in. Staying on the topic of expense reports, can you talk some about the trial period with regard to the Indy sleep rooms? And now that they're up and running, are there any changes? Yeah, that's right, Chris. During our discussions with the company, the Indy sleep room facility, the new facility came online And it happened to occur in conjunction with us agreeing to language on this expense report fix. And 
the company identified a need, an immediate need in the area because they were short on hotels around the Indy Airport. And we identified a need on the expense report to fix that sooner rather than later. So we agreed to a trial program that essentially put a portion of the fix in with the expense reports. And that was the actual notification that a pilot would have 14 days to clean up an expense or an expense report issue before they were payroll deducted. And on the other hand, for the company, where there was a shortage of hotels, we included language that was recently negotiated for them. The company identified the desire to want to use the Indy Sleep Room just as they can today in Memphis, uh, where there's an abundance of sleep rooms to offset the day room requirement. So daytime hub turns when a pilot has at least four hours, but less than five hours of a turn Today's contract allows the company to use the Memphis sleep room facility in lieu of a hotel. And we gave the company that same ability now that there's ample rooms in the Indy sleep room facility. Of course, there's other limitations that are imposed within the contract on that, which include the availability of sleep rooms for the actual hub turning crew members with shorter hub turns. Yeah, just like you point out that during that the night hub turn, this was already available for the company in, uh, in Indianapolis to, to utilize a, a sleep room for less than five, more than four, as long as they had enough sleep rooms for our, all the other pilots that are hub turning. Now, the, the number of sleep rooms in Indy wasn't large enough for that to take effect much, but um, with the new sleep rooms opening, the company had that ability for the AM sort. While we're on the topic of hotels... One of the opener goals you have for Section 5 is provide a hotel and base during the sub-window. Were you able to achieve that? The initial goal was to have the company supply a hotel for a pilot during the sub-window. We were not able to fully achieve that goal. What we were able to achieve is for a pilot that accepts sub, he's able to use his deviation bank to get a hotel room in base during his sub-window. Another opener goal in Section 5 was improve hotel selection process. Were you able to achieve that? Yeah, Chris. So although our system has worked well in the past, the COVID world of the last couple of years has exposed a few problems with the system that we were trying to fix here. And our fix was basically a three-pronged approach, the first of which was to create a jointly approved hotel uh, criteria list. And on that list, we were able to add some items that will definitely be included that have not been there in the past, which are safe, quiet, and adequate environmental controls as part of that hotel criteria. And then the rest of the list will be jointly approved by ALPA and the company. That list will then be used for the second part of the solution, which is the approved hotel list. This list will be a list of all the hotels that FedEx has as options for a given city to include a primary and secondary or overflow hotels. And these will be the hotels that the company is required to use unless they are all full. There are no rooms available at all within these already approved hotels. When creating this approved hotel list, the company was adamant that there had to be someone who had the final say if there was disagreement about a hotel. And we did allow them to have that final say, but our solution there had to do with a designation on those hotels that we disagree upon. They'll be designated as hotels of concern. And if you go to look at the approved hotel list, which will be available online, you'll be able to see which hotels have that designation, which will do a couple things for us. First, it will allow pilots to uh, see which which hotels we're having problems with, which will allow them to adjust their bids accordingly. It will also identify hotels that we need feedback from pilots on 
on the experience and the services that are available in those hotels. And the last part of that is it allows Alpa to monitor those hotels to see if the company is getting those issues fixed or not. At the quarterly meetings we have with the company already, we'll address those hotels of concern at each meeting. So it just puts a spotlight on those hotels in general and allows us a, a better transparency. For the end users of that whole process, right, the pilots who have to face those issues or those concerns, that awareness is brought up for everybody, right? So they may look at a hotel of concern and say, you know what, I'm just going to bid away from it. I'm going to bid that line so they could they have the ability to also bid away from it if that's what they desire to do. But you mentioned, Rich, the approved hotel list. It should be noted that we've agreed to include on that list to begin with all the lists that are currently there that have been agreed to with our committee as well, our hotel committee. And if pilots do stay in a hotel of concern and find issues, we want them to reach out and let us know about it. That's correct. One of the other concerns was once the hotel was identified, a lot of these issues could be transitory, right? You could have maybe a temporary noise issue that doesn't meet the requirement, or maybe some rooms are under construction, the company hasn't been able to find an alternative, so that Ultimately, the issue gets addressed or fixed, and then the hotel would come off this list through the ordinary process of the quarterly meetings. So there is some feedback loop there as well for us to identify and see that the issue's been fixed, been addressed, and then the hotel is no longer on the list. As we finish up this podcast on Section 5, Traveling Expenses, are there any final thoughts? Yeah, Chris. Well, thanks again for having us. But, you know, our team, the negotiating committee, the MEC, we're confident that this section deals with major irritants for the pilots that we've seen, especially in the past couple of years, in the ordinary line of work, including payroll deductions while laying over in company booked hotels. We've taken two significant steps towards eliminating the major headaches and irritants associated with the expense report issues, that being hotel folios and receipts and timely notifications of expense report discrepancies. Again, we had five goals, and in complete transparency, we're not here selling the TA, but we should point out that one of the items was to provide a hotel for new hires during training. Uh, We felt that that was important to maintain our competitiveness with other airlines. Uh, The company didn't see the importance there. They felt like they wanted to emphasize other areas of the contract for new hires, And they also said they had a solution that is external to the contract. At the end of the day, they held firm on that. And we feel like it really is a company issue. And if they have a challenge attracting new hires, then it's going to be their issue to deal with. And, you know, at some later date, if they feel like it's important to offer that as a solution for them, they're more than welcome to come back to Alpa and ask us about it. But just in full transparency, we missed that item. But I think we did extremely well with all the other goals. Thanks for listening to this episode of our TA podcast series on Section 5, Traveling Expenses. Throughout this process, you can get the most factual information at our TA website, fdxta.com. There you will find the actual TA document, TA highlights, TA frequently asked questions, videos, these podcasts, and other information. Once again, thanks for listening. And as always, be safe out there and we'll see you next time.